about a little happy instant reaction podcast. Hold on one second. I got to put my car into drive. We got it. I set my iPad up and I'm leaving City Field after what was uh, a very nerve-wracking but a beautiful victory over the hated Atlanta Braves at City Field. I, I don't really want to start with any kind of negative talk because the Mets won. And I'm happy about that. And overall, that's a good thing. But my God, Edwin Diaz is going to give all of us a heart attack. And let this be a message to Zach Scott and Sandy Alderson and Stevie Cohen and anyone else who's making a decision with this organization. The New York Mets, if they can, if they can, need to go get Craig Kimbrell. Period. Now, I know there have been times over the years in which we have hated Craig Kimbrell There are times over the last few years where Craig Kimbrell has looked done. But in 2021, Craig Kimbrell is a dominant closer who I will not be as afraid of handing the baseball to in the ninth inning of a postseason game. I don't know how anybody, and I get the tweets, I get the emails from people who defend Edwin Diaz and talk about his whiff rate and how nasty his sliders are. And, you know, he's a lot better than what you guys say he is. Yes, he saved tonight's game by the skin of his teeth. The Pablo Sandoval ball from where I was sitting in 318, I thought was going up the alley. Now, luckily it didn't. Kevin Pillar appeared to get a good jump on it, made the catch great, they won. But Michael Conforto bailed out Edwin Diaz. Bailed him out. I mean, this should have been yet another blown save by Diaz. And who the hell knows what happens if... The runner scores. Maybe we lose it in the ninth inning. Maybe we lose this game in 15 innings. Oh, yeah, we have that stupid extra inning rule, so it wouldn't be 15. I don't know how this goes. He is lucky as hell that he saved tonight's game. He's lucky as hell that they made Brandon Drury's home runs stand up, that they made Jairus Familia's great bullpen work stand up. And it's not about tonight. It really isn't. It's about prognosticating the future. And it's a question that I think a lot of us have asked ourselves over the years. Can you picture this man getting the final outs to win a World Series? Can you picture Braden Looper getting the final few outs to win a World Series? Can you picture John Franco? I can't believe I picked Braden Looper first. I guess I just wanted to go with crappy closers. Uh, Billy Wagner, Jairus Familia himself, Johnny Franco, Armando Benitez. Take your pick. Take your pick. And Edwin Diaz, as dominant as he can look at times, there is no way any of us can sit here confidently that through a a five-game series against Milwaukee, a seven-game series with L.A. or San Diego or whomever, that Edwin Diaz is going to be able to save enough of these big moments. Justin Turner with two on and two out in a playoff game. Edwin Diaz is facing him, whether it's at Citi Field or Dodger Stadium. Does anybody have any confidence... And so, look, you can make an argument, a good one, one that I've even made in the past, they need starting pitching the most. Fine. They need another bat the most. Despite how healthy they are, I know Nolan Dorr, this team still doesn't hit. I get all of it. Could they use a bat? Sure. Could they use another starting pitcher or two or three? Absolutely. But ultimately, of the guys on this roster who can perform, who could perform, The spot that worries me the most is the guy getting the last three outs. Like, I know this offense has done nothing 
this season. And certainly injuries have been played a big part of it. But even prior to the injuries, even now as they're relatively healthy, they haven't hit. They didn't hit last year. Or I guess last year their biggest problem was hitting with runners in scoring position. The other stats were halfway decent. But they haven't hit. But can I picture this offense finally clicking at the right time? Sure. I could see how that would happen. Can I picture DeGrom finally staying healthy and having a very formidable rotation with Taiwan and Marcus and Carlos Carrasco and even Noah Syndergaard coming in and helping them out? Sure. But as long as the guy getting the last three outs is Edwin Diaz, does any of us believe he's going to be able to successfully do that and secure the 11 wins necessary to win a championship? And look, the rest of the bullpen, again, I can see being good. Familia was at his best tonight. He did such a brilliant job coming into a spot in which most of us probably said, walk Austin Riley. He's been murdering us in this series. Don't let him beat you. I thought the same thing. Now, my only hesitation, and I'm sure Rojas is going to say this, is if you walk Riley, you're giving Familia, who has control issues, no margin for error. At least with him facing Riley, and even after he got Riley out against Swanson, you give yourself the margin of error. Hey, if you walk a guy, you got a base open. So I totally get the other side of the walk Riley argument. And look, if Riley comes through with a base hit, am I bitching? Are we all bitching? Sure. But I get it. I get it, especially with Familia being the guy you're going to. But Jairus did a great job. And Jairus overall this season has actually, I think, been pretty good. I think he's been better than even what his ERA would tell you. Aaron Loop had a bad night tonight, but overall Aaron Loop's had a great year. Trevor May's been up and down. Lately, he's been up. Seth Lugo, I still have confidence in despite his shakiness since coming off the injured list. So this is not a bad bullpen. It's a bad last three outs. That's what it is. And, and look, I know Edwin Diaz prior to the three consecutive blown saves was statistically having a fine year. It is not about that. It's that we can't trust him. So look, I don't know uh, if the Mets are going to make a trade while I'm recording this podcast. I don't know if they're going to make a trade during the overnight, if they're going to make a trade tomorrow morning. Maybe this will be outdated. Maybe. But as we get closer to the July 30th trade deadline... I keep going back and forth on need and what they should do and what they need the most. And look, I was going on, some guy literally just got on the shoulder to pass me to to really save himself 35 seconds. Like, what the hell is the point? Like, you got on the shoulder. I'm basically getting, how do I explain it? I, I think I'm technically on that street that you, Seaver Way, and then you turn on a street, then you get on the highway, the uh, Whitestone Expressway, and then you merge and when you merge on the White Sun Expressway, there's that area where people can cross the street. So I'm near that merge, and some schmuck just decides, let me get on the shoulder and pass him. And you know what's funny about all this? And I've learned this over the years of driving. When you do stupid things like that, douchey things like that, you're literally saving yourself seconds. Not minutes, not hours, seconds. So this guy in a Cadillac, what a surprise. He has saved himself 35 seconds, probably less. But I know he's a douche. Anyhow, City Field is such a beautiful stadium. I'm driving past it right now as I'm on the highway. Ah, the beautiful lights of a Wednesday night in New York City. Ah, what a wonderful place. And what a hell of a win. And it probably means they've split the four-game series because I doubt they're going to play Thursday afternoon. And you'll love this. So Beningo calls me up and says, you know, his... um, 
wanted to go to a game. His grandkids are really getting into baseball. So I hook him up with tickets for Thursday afternoon. And some guy was literally just waving at me. He was honking and waving, and now he's flashing me. And I have no idea why. Uh, he's not... Okay, he's going to try to pass me and flash me again. And I, I have no idea why. Is it something with my car? Let's see. I'm going to let him pass me. We're going to find out. All right, now he's waved at me. Does this, does this guy recognize me? Why the hell would he recognize me? All right, nice to meet you too, pal. That was very, very bizarre. I was thinking I had like a bumper hanging off or something like that or something wrong with my car. All right, anyhow, what the hell was I saying? Oh, yeah, so Joe's planning going, planning to go to Thursday's game and the forecast couldn't be worse. I feel bad. And I was planning on going to the game too and the forecast can't be worse, but don't worry. We're used to rainouts. We can't see a doubleheader because unless they decide to make up tomorrow or Thursday afternoon in Atlanta, which would be such BS, they'll have to go common off day, which I'm a huge fan of, and we'll actually have a real baseball game to make it up with, not a doubleheader. Now, one other thing I want to touch on besides this Met win. I haven't watched the Yankee game yet, so I don't have any thoughts on the game. I do have thoughts on the Joey Gallo trade. I want to make this clear. Considering where the Yankees are, considering the fact that I mentioned this on the air, any deal they make or any significant deal they make should be about this and next year. It doesn't mean you're giving up on this year. They certainly have a shot. They're right there in the wild card race. But you should look at it as, does this help me in 2022 as well? And they did that in acquiring Joey Gallo. There's no doubt. Gallo's under team control next year. Uh, The prospects they gave up are not the top-level guys like Peraza, like Dominguez, like Gill, like Schmidt. So while I'm not super familiar with what they gave up, I do also know they're not the top-line guys in their system. So from a prospect standpoint, I've got no issue. From a did-you-make-your-team-better standpoint, I've got no issue. Now look, we're going to find out a lot more about Joey Gallo because most of us have looked at his stats. We've watched him from afar. Is this a empty stat kind of guy? Or is this a guy that can really help transform this lineup? We're going to find out. And he definitely fits the criteria that they have desperately needed of a left-handed bat. Now, does he also fit the criteria of same old, same old, he strikes out a million times, he's an all-or-nothing hitter? Absolutely. And I completely get the negative reaction to that. You've added more strikeouts to this lineup. No doubt. You've added more power to this lineup. Yes. You've added a low batting average guy. You've also added a lefty to this lineup and you've made the lineup better. So, under the prism of where the Yankees are right now, what they gave up, I have no issue with this trade. It's really tough to have an issue with this trade, even if you don't like the strikeouts. I get it. But again, looking at what they gave up, looking at the fact that they are a better team today than they were yesterday or today than they were two hours ago, and looking at the fact that he's under team control next year and he gives you position versatility, uh, fine trade. Here's the problem. Here's the negative. If you look at it and the prism of this past offseason then this is a brain fart by Brian Cashman. And what I mean by that was they moved Justin Wilson and Luis Sessa. They moved the four prospects, whatever it turns out to be, to add Joey Gallo, when quite frankly, they should have signed Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley is a better player than Joey Gallo. Michael Brantley was a free agent. Michael Brantley was always a better fit for this team 
But we didn't need him. We didn't need him. Yet you went out and added a guy that on this team will play the same position. Why did you sign Michael Brantley? So under the prism of what they should have done during the offseason, that's where it's frustrating. Or sign Kyle Schwarber, a similar player to Joey Gallo. I know Schwarber's hurt now, but the guy was a beast before he got hurt. So in the moment, it's a fine trade. But when you look at what Cashman could have done, should have done, that's where it's frustrating. That's where I completely understand the Yankee fans saying, dude, why didn't you sign Michael Brantley? Why didn't you sign Kyle Schwarber? You could have signed these guys for nothing. And by nothing, I don't mean money. I mean, you didn't have to give up prospects. So that's where you could have two views on this. In the moment, fine. I mentioned Joey Gallo the other day. A lot of us have as, hey, of the guys available, who makes the most sense for this team? Look, Trey Turner would make a lot of sense, but I think the package to get Turner is going to be insane. I do. I think you're going to have to give up four top-level prospects to get him. I think Peraza has to be in the deal. I think Volpe would have to be in the deal. I think Austin Wells may have to may as well be in the deal. Um, Dominguez isn't going to be traded, so I wouldn't even bother talking about him. The Nationals are not doing a Glaber Trey Turner swap. They were talking, dude. If they trade Trey Turner, they're doing it to get four or three high-level prospects, not just one guy back. Even though Glaber's got team control that extends further than Trey Turner, that's the kind of package you're going to have to move, and that's a lot. That's expensive. As good as Trey Turner is, you gave up significantly less to get Gallo. So I don't have an issue with the trade. The Yankees are a better team today, but it does bring you back to this offseason, which, looking at it now, this was a really crappy offseason for Brian Cashman. It really was. I mean, he flips Adam Adovino and replaces him with Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson. That's worked out. He doesn't sign Michael Brantley. He doesn't sign Kyle Schwarber. Corey Kluber, despite the no-hitter, that's looked like a waste. The Tyone deal looks good, I admit that. But when you look at some of those individual decisions, including the decision to not add a left-handed bat like Schwarber, like Brantley, where you wouldn't have been forced to have to make this trade for Joey Gallo, that's where I think Brian Cashman made the mistake. Anyhow, nice win for the Mets. I'm glad I can drive home happy. I'm glad we all didn't have to experience another Edwin Diaz, you know, meltdown and brutal loss. But let today... Let tonight, let Sunday two weeks ago against the Pirates, let it all be a reminder. If we are going to be drunk at the Canyon of Heroes come November, this is a huge 36 hours for this front office. Show the guts. Go get Craig Kimbrell. Now that Max Scherzer is a little bitch who doesn't want to play in New York, the number one target in my eyes is get Craig Kimbrell. And look, if you can get Chris Bryant in the deal too... I think Chris Bryant's overrated. I think the Mets hate J.D. Davis. With that said, hell, let's go for it. Go get me Chris Bryant. Go get us Craig Kimbrell. And let's go shove it up everywhere. And you know what? I hope Max Scherzer goes to San Diego. Let's beat his ass in the postseason. Oh, you don't want New York? You don't want the East Coast big tough guy? You signed with Washington six years ago. Now you don't want the East Coast? You don't want New York City? Listen, you know what? We didn't want to look at your face anyway with the blue eye and the brown eye. We didn't want to watch that crap. So go to San Diego, go to Seattle, go to L.A., 
go to whatever, go to San Francisco, go to whatever West Coast city decides to trade for your carcass and will beat your ass. All right. Drive Home Edition, Evan Roberts Podcast. Goodbye.